Welcome to Training for Ultra, the podcast. Welcome to the 59th episode of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. And I have an exciting episode. So we get to speak with Jaden Dalk. He's the winner of the Canadian Death Race. You know, within the ultra running community, this is a big event in Canada. He's never been interviewed on a podcast before, so this is your first ever kind of interview insight into Jaden Dalk, a young, just super talented guy who has a you know bright future ahead of him. If he stays healthy, doesn't overtrain and overrace, this guy uh, will will definitely be talked about more in the future. Also, huge you know race recap from Michelle Yates. We've had her on. Episode 28, if if you're not familiar with her, hear more about her background. But she's fresh off a huge win for Run Rabbit Run 100 Miler. And with everything that she's overcome in the past year or two, it's just a huge honor to speak with her and hear more race details. You'll laugh. You might tear up. It's just, it's an awesome race recap. I'm very thankful, you know, every time I get to talk to Michelle Yates. So, and Big thank you to Michelle Barton for setting up the Jaden Dalk interview. She knows the Canadian ultra running scene really well since she's raced there several times. I haven't been up there to race yet, but I want to. Um, but yeah, big shout out to her for setting that up. Wanted to thank uh, Bigger Than the Trail, Tommy Byrne. They supported my CCC training updates and helped get me out to Chamonix and I wanted to give kind of a final, you know, thank you to them. They, uh, Tommy set up a charity to raise awareness of mental health via trail running. It's a really cool charity. Definitely check it out. Big, big thank you to them. And Candace Burt and Destination Trail is now sort of going to take over for Tommy's spot. So Tommy's still a great friend and, you know, we'll still definitely stay in touch with him. Destination Trail, I mean, they're their unique trail running company you know they they've set up really great races they're doing moab um and a lot of the 200 milers and i mean they're they design races that challenge you and inspire you so i mean how do i not team up with a, a company who has that as kind of their goal and they have distances from 10k to 200 miles so big thank you to candace for teaming up together and Moab still has some openings. What's really fascinating, Moab 240. So 240 miles, you know, it's less than three weeks away from me. I'll be probably talking about it for the next three weeks. Um, it's a huge, huge endeavor for me. You know, I, I just started, so I, I'm three years into ultra running, and now I'm kind of going after this ultimate test on, on what drives me. My big passion is finding out how far I can run. It's as simple as that. And this this race really seems like it's uh, pushing the envelope. I broke it out, and then a lot of people are like, how do you train for this? And my response is, I've done about a 100K race every month this year. And so I think the 100K distance in, in using races as training is sort of ideal because beyond the 100K, when you're running 100 milers, it, it truly beats up your body it beats up your mind and it's it's a lot to undertake so i've been intentionally 
you know, doing this race distance to build into 2019, I wasn't sure what I was going to apply the training block, the whole year, year's worth of training to. And uh, this opportunity came up and it's truly, it's one of those kind of once in a lifetime opportunities that I have to go after. I have to just push myself and try. But yeah, breaking it out, I mean, it's essentially it's four 100 mile races like in a row or 100k races in a row for four days straight of running they have sleep stations set up but yeah strategically trying to sleep during this is going to be just it'll be really fascinating um dave bronlick is actually going to be my crew chief he's taking days off of work to help me so huge thanks to dave and ethan is also we'll we'll talk to ethan later um going to help me out and we might have one or two other um people on the crew we might have a surprise pacer i don't know they're checking their schedule and uh i'm super excited to just be able to finally test my limits and this will be a good opportunity to see what it feels like to go through the finish line see if i have energy left and i'm going to share the experience of you know being a middle of the pack guy who started running recently and i'm going after pretty much the longest race in the united states and so i'm i'm planning on trying to do a 10 mile uh update and i'm probably not gonna have cell coverage so i'll i'll shoot it onto youtube afterwards but every 10 miles my goal is to be with it enough to just record for 15 seconds or 30 seconds and just give an update as to where i am how i'm feeling and share it with you guys i want to share the experience as much as possible you know, so these longer distance, so a hundred mile race, you know, doesn't seem incredibly impossible. It doesn't seem so daunting and, you know, to help you guys feel more comfortable with the ultra running distance. And so that, I mean, I've, I, this might sound totally bizarre, but I think I've finally reached a point where I, I feel like if I'm not hitting a 50 K very hard, if I'm just out there to have fun and it's a training run, I've I finally reached a point where I feel like I could do a 50 K Maybe not every day, but uh, without a doubt every week and not actually tax my system. I think my base level fitness is prepared to do 70 mile weeks in, you know, in the ideal scenario of me not working, you know, not having the stress of trying to take care of the toddler and the newborn and, you know, date night with my wife. (laughs) It's not a stress. Um but in like the most ideal circumstances, 70, 80 miles a week, I think I could health, you know, in a healthy form train at. So we'll see. I'll keep you guys posted. I wanted to thank hammer nutrition. If you haven't tried them out, feel free to use my promo code 25, 28, 88, and you'll save 15% off your first order. And big thank you to Sufferfest beer. They've been a big supporter, new 12 ounce cans. I'm a big fan. It's actually really cool having having those in like almost a, a 12 pack or six pack. Um, telling you, FKT. If you haven't tried FKT, must try. My wife's favorite. She just had the IPA last night, and uh, she really likes the blonde, which I'm a big fan of. The repeat, and uh, the uh, I, I'm trying to blank on the last one, but super great beer. If you're in California or Colorado. Hit up their website, find the nearest retailer, try it out. 
telling you, FKT, must try beer of the year, Sufferfest beer. Thank you for uh, the support. Last but not least, Patreon supporters were up to 43. So I'm telling you, this is this is slow go. This is just like Moab's probably going to be just one mile at a time. And Patreon, it's, it's one supporter at a time. And you guys are all truly awesome. I love the private Facebook group that we all get to chat on. And uh, I'm trying to be more, you know, readily available on that um, on Facebook. But I do reply to all questions and I... I've been there. I've approached some of my favorite athletes and reached out and gotten no response and felt shitty. And I don't want you to be in that position. If you have a question, I'm, you know, trainingforaltra at gmail.com. Email me. Let me know. I, I try to respond to every single email. And uh, I truly appreciate all the inspiration that you guys share with me. I, I'm as inspired seeing your guys' updates as, you know, a lot of the feedback I get on my own. And uh, it's hard because I'm trying to inspire you guys and not be totally self-immersed. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all the feedback and um, I appreciate every single Patreon supporter. Victrum, Lance, Mark, Garrett, Sean, Celio, you guys are all awesome supporters. I'll give a shout out to all the other supporters here shortly also. But I couldn't do it without you guys, so truly appreciate it. Get ready. Strap yourself into your seat or wherever you are. If you're driving, you should have your seatbelt on. Uh, this race recap from Michelle Yates is awesome. And I'm truly honored to be the first person to interview Jaden Dalk. Enjoy the episode. Thank you, guys. Don't forget to enjoy your training. See you next week. Joined again by Michelle Yates, fresh off a big win at Run Rabbit Run. Michelle, thanks for joining us again. I think it was episode 28, so it's been a little while since uh, we last spoke. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. I'm, I'm honored to have you, and um, let's get your sponsors in real quick before we sure. hear this race recap, because you're it's unbelievable what you've done uh, this year. Thanks. Yeah, and I can't do it without my sponsors, so huge thanks to Ultimate Direction, Um Goo Energy, Ice Bike, Eldorado Springs Water, House Warrior Bars, and um, Evergreen Mountain Sports is a new one I picked up this past year for biking. So thanks, nice. thanks to all of them. And you're, yeah. are you coaching still? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yep, I own Rugged Running, and I'm still, all my clients are so awesome, and I actually had several out there at Run Rabbit Run with me and who were racing as well, so it was really fun. So let's take a quick step back and recall this surgery you had two years ago. And just for the listeners' background, if they missed that episode and haven't heard you know, the details there, I think that sets the stage to how amazing uh, your Run Rabbit Run win really was. Um, you know, what happened two years ago and kind of just walk me real, real briefly through what you've been through, not even training-wise and race-wise there. Okay, yeah. So um, two years ago, I had double hip surgery. I had scopes done um, because I actually just woke up one day and I was dry heaving because the pain was so bad that um, and I couldn't move from the waist down. So obviously extremely terrifying to wake up to that and ended up being rushed to the um, emergency room, the hospital. And of course, one thing led to another and 
they had discovered that my hips were completely failing, that I had like no cartilage, that the bone actually had grown the wrong way, which is why I had no cartilage, um, that I had cysts in there and cysts in my pubic bone and just severely arthritic. So like the pelvis of a hundred year old, basically. Um, and it wasn't just due to running. It was just, it was mostly because my bones had grown the wrong way and nobody caught it um, my entire life. So wow. anyways, so yeah. So then, um, of course, the first few specialists I saw told me I had to have total hip replacements right away. There was just no option, no nothing. Like, that was it. Um, and they actually didn't even know how I had been um, walking, let alone running, ultra running on these kind of hips. But I found one awesome doctor, that's uh, Dr. Madan up in Boulder from C Sports. And he decided that he would try to do the scopes on them. And they would be some pretty extreme scopes. Um, they never usually take over three hours and my right hip took like nine hours and then my left hip actually took over four hours. So that just gives you some kind of, you know, some extent of how it compares to most people who are actually in my position. I'm kind of just out there in a whole nother world, I guess. But, um, yeah, so anyways, so then with some extremely diligent work with strength work and just trying to educate myself even more on um, this situation and, and this injury, um, how can I better myself and can I beat the odds kind of thing. And that's what I did for the last two years. Um, last year, I'd worked my way up to be just enough as far as like um, – what I thought maybe endurance wise. And I did everything I could up until that point. I was actually on crutches for five and a half months. So building my base back up and even trying to run again and strength and everything else. Um, I did try to attempt run rabbit run last year, but I'd only made 70 miles and got to the point where I couldn't even walk anymore. And I actually couldn't even walk unassisted for two weeks after that race last year. Um, I'm still amazed when you passed me at Cow Creek last year, I think it was, just how physically fit you are. And having had five and a half months on crutches, like you passed me, and I felt like this might be one of the fittest females I've ever seen in my whole life. Like I felt like, was that a special ops female that just like passed me or like you're just... (laughs) unbelievable unbelievable in terms of fitness and the fact that that was last year and now you've come so far i mean making 70 miles on that course alone last year is like 100 miles in any other race um so so walk me through what's what's transpired over the past year or so i mean i know we caught up with you at bandera 100k which i know you had you know some difficulty towards the end again and you seem to yeah, figure, have figured flu. something out I had, the, I had the flu so yeah. Yeah. okay so unfortunately um so you know I've, <laughs> I've inherited all of the bad stuff from my family so I have actually a lot of health problems so I had I have thyroid disease and I have both antibodies I have the grave which goes high and then I have Hashimoto's which goes low and unfortunately after Run Rabbit Run last year we had planned to try to get pregnant again and it just wasn't working I kept miscarrying so um, in order to give my body a rest and just mentally and physically I literally just threw myself into 
the ultra scene again. Um, I think just because, you know, that's where my, you know, comfort zone is. That's where my friends are. That's where, you know, as you know, ultra runners just open you with open arms no matter what. There's like no judgment. And Absolutely. so anyways, it was just, you know, me trying to get my mind off of all of that and, um, you know, just turn, you know, turn a different direction again. So anyways, I threw myself into Bandera, probably really undertrained and, um, you know, just heartbroken from the miscarriages and everything. But unfortunately, I actually woke up with the flu, literally middle of the night. I'm camping there, race day is the next day. One o'clock in the morning, I am projectile vomiting. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And, uh, yeah. It, yeah. So it was oh. awful, but I had driven 15 hours by myself to go down there. And I was like, I am not going to not race. So I did throw up some during the race. And it was really hard on my hips because uh, the dehydration was so bad. And I know now, studying even a little bit more about blood plasma levels, and obviously hydration and how sodium and electrolytes play, play a big part in that. Obviously, I, I do have a degree in, um, in kinesiology, so I know a lot of this. But more specifically to the arthritic aspect of it, I have found that um, basically chugging chicken broth and just really um, almost overhydrating, I think, from even a coaching standpoint for most people, and even how... My body responded previously, but now, like, I, that's what I have to do. But anyways, I got through Bandera basically on chicken broth. And, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then I was but, – but I learned with that, too. So um, now each race that I've done, I've definitely kept that in there, whether it's, you know, really hot outside or not. I literally just chug straight up chicken broth. So that is one of my, I guess – tips or secrets that may work for somebody else that has arthritis um you know it, it, it's odd but it works so anyway you, you know the irony yeah. to that story is it was run rabbit run when i thought i had a baker's cyst behind my knee and i chugged chicken broth at at run rabbit run last year and figured out that it was more of a glute just kind of a dehydration situation with my muscles and it wasn't anything with my knee um, yeah, it's really ironic though. And so you did, yeah. you did, uh, the hard quad rock this year. Is that right? The mud, mud fest? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I was ecstatic because the first mile of that sucker, I was like, if I can even finish this yeah. with my hips, it is going to be a miracle. Cause you know, it's all stability. And I mean, yeah. for those listening who weren't aware, look up the pictures, man. Cause it is like, <laughs> So I raced Indiana in 2013 when it was a mud fest there, and this was non-comparative. This was way worse because you're going up and down mountains, and it was like flip and slide the whole time. So, but yeah, and yeah, so I was really happy that I even finished, and I actually still finished pretty well. Um, but still, it's quite a bit of pain. So, um, at, but at the beginning of the year, you know, and before Quad Rock, I had you know, made my New Year's resolution and my goal to be stronger and fitter than ever. And as you mentioned before, you guys, typically I do really throw myself at that and I do try to be as strong and fit as possible. But this year I was like, in order to even have a chance at running, I'm going to have to increase the strength or the weight um, 
the weight my amount um, and all that with my lower body, not so much upper body, but anyways, um, and just really like with my PT exercises, adding in ankle weights and, and again, trying just to increase the weight because the fact remains that inside my hips are still rotten. Like they reshaped the bone, they took out the cysts, they, you know, repaired them as much as possible. Um, but they're still rotten. They still, I still need total hip replacements and, you know, right That's now we're just trying to buy myself time. So you don't, so, yeah, you, so you I, don't essentially have that joint. You're essentially completely dependent on the muscular structure of your hips, as opposed to the actual ball and socket. Like most of us correct. utilize that is just hard to comprehend. And I yeah, can't even but, imagine the, the pain threshold that you're just a typical day oh, yeah. for you yeah. walking your your daughter to the park or something's probably like probably like me peeking out in pain at a hundred or something. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's different. It's and it, but run rabbit run is actually a little different as far as, you know, building myself up until that strength, trying to keep the anti inflammatory, you know, just the inflammation down basically in the joint because what was happening, I think, not only in these races, but even bike races, too, you know, the inflammation would get so bad from the arthritis, from the, you know, constant same movement over and over and over again, that um, it was just shutting me down, you know, to get to yeah. the point where I couldn't even stride out or, or like we mentioned last year, just even walk. So, um, you know, just really trying to target that and trying to make that area as strong as possible so it can support it and so the joint wouldn't actually feel that effect as much was I think just like the biggest difference was really throwing it all in (laughs) yeah no kidding so let's hear about run rabbit run it's kind of a notorious race uh probably one of the top five in the U.S. in terms of competitive fields that show up there's a huge prize purse and it starts straight up a ski lift. It's broken up into the the hares, the fast fast people like you, and, and then the tortoises like me. Um, and we get a big head start, and you guys always pass us and just make me reflect on life. Um, <laughs> so tell me how are you feeling in the start line, and tell me, like, how's, how's the first uh, 10 miles go? Oh, man, I was on a mission this year. I was... Uh you know, build down and, you know, focused and, you know, didn't want, I was, I was very happy to be there. And last year, honestly, I was just all smiles and super happy just to even be on that starting line. But this year I knew I was stronger and a lot faster, just given my um, training and um, just like training weekends up there, as well as, you know, some little race training weekends and all that kind of stuff. So I was, I was going for it and I was not going to settle for anything less so game face was on and I mean still very happy to be at the starting line but still trying to stay very focused and really run my own race and I remember last year um and this is probably I I don't mean to offend anybody but you know a lot of people are like yes you know just take it easy because your hips you know and blah 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 and I'm just like you know no I'm not doing that this year I'm running my own race and the typical Michelle Yates race is usually just <laughs> all out, you know, like whatever I got, because to me, that's what's exciting is to, what am I going to get out of myself? And yes, I'm competing against other people, but 
more so with anything, like I'm competing against myself in the course and what can I do on this section and how fast can I go on this section and can I really run the whole thing um, this section, you know. And so, you know, what I was feeling on that starting line really was just um, I'm going to get this, stay focused, stay determined, keep taking care of yourself you know, stop and, um, you know, stretch, or I have this little tool, it's kind of like a little grasping tool that I carry with me now, too, that really helps, but, like, anytime, like, something would tighten up, I would kind of scrape it out a little bit and keep going and not worry so much about, you know, having to stop, but just, yeah, just What, totally what kind of tool myself. is it? It's like a grasping tool, so it's actually called the Wave, so I okay. think I got it off of Amazon. It's kind of like a uh, well, like a, I don't know, like a grasping tool. <laughs> okay. It's got like these weird edges on it and stuff, so it's not really a ball or anything. But, okay. um, you know, you're able to do that. And the thing that I use otherwise is actually I'll just pick up a rock or something too. If I'm on the go and that's, that's, see a nice rock, I, I'll just pick that up and start digging in with a rock too. That's so badass. Um, I mean, <laughs> you can't make this kind of thing but, up. <laughs> just well, rolling like out I with said, rocks just, and you know, logs and stuff like <laughs> yeah well you got to do what you got to do and the reality is too like i know everybody else no matter what speed you're going you know feels the pressure of having to keep moving but honestly if there's just a little bit of soft tissue issue there and really like 90 percent of injuries are like soft tissue anyways you know, it's just take a minute to stop. You'd be amazed at how much that can help um, to try to dig that out. Or actually, when I usually pick up a rock, it's usually I keep moving, at least walking. And it's kind of more of an active, um, kind of an active digging approach, you know, to loosen up the muscles and everything. So I just like dig it in there as I'm walking, as I'm moving. And, and then that way, it kind of gets out of there a little easier, especially in the hip area. So if you have any issues with those, like, that works really well. But so, yeah, so so you were feeling good on that first climb? I mean, was it hot out? I mean, what was the weather like? You know? It was definitely hands down really hot again this year. Um, but I definitely take that into consideration, and I actually carried extra bottles with me, not on the first climb necessarily, because you can get aid at the gondola. So I did pick up extra stuff at the gondola, nice. which is halfway up that, you know, four and a half yep. mile climb. 4,000 um, feet or something stupid, 3,600 yeah, feet crazy. straight up. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I was running, like, top three. Wow. <laughs> like, I was running I with Barb. <laughs> we're just, like, we're halfway up that mountain. And because then the parts where we could run, it actually seemed very easy to me, and it's actually a lot easier on my hips. Whereas when you hike and it, you kind of have to take bigger steps, that's actually when my hips start not liking it so much and I'm not being able to use like utilize like my glutes and my hip strength. It's more like, you know, I have to open up that joint and it doesn't like it. So tip, uh, like I thought, well, geez, if we could, if we are running up this whole thing for the most part, I could be really far up here. But again, I told myself, you're relaxed, you're calm, you're not breathing hard, you're eating, you're drinking as you're going up to the gondola, so you're doing just fine. Um, granted, by the time we got up there, you know, once we got to, the, like, the major hiking part, there was, like, I don't know, 10 guys or something that passed me by then, but your, I just, like... Your cardio engine myself. is next level. Like, I, I've done that climb, personally, and, you know, I'm 
I'm middle middle of the pack at best, as I always say, and oh my gosh, you were running up that whole thing. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, it's you so know steep. It is? I mean, it's, it's just, you know, you take, I think as long as you can take care of yourself and stuff, and yeah, and I mean, prepare for it, you know. I didn't really expect to be first female up even, but I did end up being first female up. It's just, like I said, again, like last year, I actually stopped at the top of Mount Warner and waited for the other ladies. And actually, I just waited for some guys even. I wasn't the first overall, but there was like a separation and I didn't really have anybody up there to run with. And so I was like, oh, I must be going too fast. Just take your time. Just wait for other people, you know. And like I said this year, I was like, no, you know, you're fit enough. You worked hard for this. Just keep going and not worry about everybody else's race. Worry about your own, you know. Yeah, I mean, so tell me, how's how's the uh, race progressed from the first initial climb? Well, you know, they changed the course, so now yeah. um, I felt like it was going to be a little more fierce, especially in the first 20 miles, because once you go up, you come down, and you go right back up again, as far as you go down Fish Creek Falls, and then turn around and go up this technical Fish Creek Falls again. Um, so I had planned on kind of making that a good study effort, just because I knew it would be kind of clustered, Um, you know, you have still some tortoises going down or up that, and then you have all the elites coming down and up it. So, um, direct, uh, people from both directions and everything else. And I just kind of really wanted to get out of that mess and get on the wild trail kind of up top where it would spread out and I could relax and enjoy it a little bit more. So, um, that's kind of how I did it. I actually had really bad tummy troubles this entire time. Um, I don't know. If I had a flu bug again, I don't know what it was, but I don't typically have issues, but yeah. I had the poops like no other. And really? I know I can say that because it's ultra running. Yeah. yeah. So I counted 20 times I had to stop during this race. So 20, I know that I could have ran 20? it a lot faster, but. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was weird because it was like, as soon as I put something in my mouth, it would just come back out. And I was like what the hell? I was like, it's not even reaching my stomach yet. How could it possibly be going on? Wow. You know, my opinion, my opinion of you might be different if instead last year when you passed me, then you hit the bushes and <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. No. Well, that's, year, that's just part yeah, of ultra year, running yeah. sometimes, unfortunately, especially when you're exerting that level of uh, effort. It's just off the charts. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't a question. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to stop. I mean, yeah, my stomach hurt pretty bad sometimes, and it wasn't always a bush, so I'd have to hold it in, you know, and I know how everybody feels listening to this. <laughs> but, oh, you gosh. know, it, but it was just like, I, you know, it's something that definitely could take somebody out of a race, but I was not settling for any of that. You know, I was like, you're just going to keep going. You know, who cares? You're going to eat and poop, eat and poop. <laughs> Wow, and keep going. 20 times. Uh, I mean, that's like exhaust. Yeah. That's <laughs> this is getting this is getting sidetracked, but this that would be exhausting in itself. Um that is an yeah, ultra yeah. That, that's yeah. an ultra within itself. Um how did you yeah. like mentally stay focused on racing as hard as you can and having your game face on when I mean, you're taking a break every what it was probably every hour? Yeah, to be honest, it was just like, go for as hard as you can until your stomach starts nodding up again and you have to duck in the bushes again. And then go for as hard as you can. And it was, 
it was just like that. I guess maybe it even kept me entertained in some sense, you know, I mean, like mind off the race because it was just like. Were you like laughing by the end? Like, are you kidding me? Like, was, is this you know, even like, possible? I remember getting to like the 17th time and I'm counting because of course, what else do you have to do? You know? And I'm like, I'm like, really? Like, really? I just didn't even know. And then I was just like thinking in my head, you know, and I'm like, did I take too many probiotics? Did I do this? I know some of my clients had the flu, so I don't know if that was maybe part of it or what the deal was. <laughs> but amazing. I, like I said, I usually, and usually, you know, like you go a few times, you're good to go after that, you know, but yeah. that was, yeah. was not the case. <laughs> I mean, worst case anyway. for me is like, I have to go once during a race or twice. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's outrageous. I, this is like kind of the untold story of the uh, Run Rabbit Run win. Um, just take your mind off it I'd, somehow. That's. I just like to keep it real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, truly, some some of the conversations I've had with ultra runners, it's just it's it, it always stays interesting. Um, so, was there any low point or or like real battle besides your stomach issues? You know, throughout this race. Yeah. So. So this, because of the change of the course, it actually got to a lot of people, I think, mentally, but also because the GPS was a little off. So um, I think they're saying it's 105 or 106 miles instead of the 101 miles they Ooh, had suspected. So that's super now difficult. we're taking the wild trail. Yeah, uh, we're taking the wild trail over and from Summit all the way down to Dry Lake is when it was a really, really long stretch. They had one little mini aid station, kind of like a few miles down. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of people ran out of water, um, especially if they were there earlier because it would have been um, in the daylight. I hit it right at sunset, and it was the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. It was, you know, the trail is called uh, Flash of Gold, and it's wow. because all the aspens were gold. The, the sun was setting orange. It was just, even if you can just get up there for that reason, it was absolutely gorgeous. So worth it. But anyways... Um, yeah, so when I was going down that, though, of course, and then it's getting nighttime, and I'm thinking, holy crap, I already have to go over to Emerald Mountain still. It's already dark. And then I still have to come back over here and come all the way up Browse Trail, which is this crazy technical downhill mountain bike trail they have you go up now, which is a lot harder than just going up the road. Yeah. So mentally, I kind of was struggling right there a little bit because just because of the nightfall and because... You know, I still had that emerald loop and everything else. But kind of once in, once I got over to emerald, I, was, I just, like, nailed it, just banged it out. I was like, I'm going to run this whole thing. I'm going to run all the way up Lane of Pain. Um, and it was a really fun oh, kind of figure eight. I still wake up and scream sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a really fun figure eight loop. And I actually kind of helped uh, Fred make that loop. Just um, It took a um, well, at least. I'm sure he had other elites helping too, but like when I would go out there for my training weekends, he'd have us run certain loops for, you know, over on Emerald and let him know how we liked them. And uh, so the first couple I know I didn't really care for, and I told him, like, I was like, you got to keep laying a pain in there. And I'm yeah. like, I probably will swear at you, you while to. I'm doing it, but I think it'll be awesome, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, so we, so I just nailed that. Sorry, dog, he's working here. I just nailed that, and then. Uh, what mile? Uh, what mile was that, roughly? So that's fifty plus. So okay. I think you get to Olympian Hall, 
and that's like 50 miles, maybe 52. Well, actually, I think it wow, probably ended up being like 50, 55 miles because of the longer section before that. Um, but then you do the loop itself, and the loop itself is supposed to just be like 13 miles. Right, but, right. So a little shorter than before because you don't have Cow Creek and stuff in there. It's different, um, but it was way better. And then, and then, like I said, you turn around and you go up. And my goal when I got to that starting line was like, just make sure you get to dry lake and push through that because once you start going up, you won't come back down unless you have to crawl. Like, so in my in my eyes, I was pushing pretty hard through dry lake. And then once I started climbing grouse, like I knew that you'd have to hike some of that. So I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but this is like some super steep sections. Like you have to almost use your hands um, kind of thing on just some of it. Okay. Um, so in my head, I knew I would get a break because I knew it. I couldn't run some of those sections. I knew that everybody else would be hiking those sections. So, um, so then that helped. So once I got over there, um, and then, of course, once I got back up was, to Summit. Grouse, is that a new section or was that in last year also? No, it's a new section. Okay, so yeah, because I don't, I don't recall, I don't recall like yeah. scrambling like that. Nope. Okay. Nope, it was. And it's only a few sections, you know. For the most part, this course is entirely runnable, even over the technical stuff. Like a lot yeah. of people think Fish Creek isn't, but it is, um, as long as you're fit and strong enough to do that. Um you know, not that you have to, though, but, yeah I, mean, um, yeah, I mean, overall, they did a killer job with this course. It is so much more awesome than it even was before, and it was awesome before, and, I mean, just the views and, um, you know, dead of fall, it's so beautiful up there. There's even, like, the red fall foliage and oranges and yellows and um, just magnificent. <laughs> and, so, and browns. Uh, no, sorry, that was... Yeah, <laughs> too much. Um, good, good, good. So, <laughs> uh, how were you feeling towards like the very end? I mean, as the sun's rising, you realize like most of the climbing's out of the way at that point. I'm assuming with the rework, and it's only downhill into the finish. Is that correct? Yeah, but actually, it was pretty tough for me mentally this year, surprisingly, because of my hips really, you know, started to hurt and everything. And I was thinking, normally I get to that last six miles and it's all downhill, and I'm like, yeah. heck yeah, you know, and I just hammer it out. And and this year, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that I can make it down that, you know. I'm like, I just need to finish, but you know, I feel like my hips are going to give out here, you know, and wow. um, I was like, maybe I could walk, but you know, you never know what your lead is. And so I had like a 30 minute lead most of the race, I guess. But then, um, but then I wasn't sure, like we, I got into dry lake, you know, and out, and then you don't see anybody for what, 30 something miles. So I'm thinking, yes, I have at least like a 20 or 30 minute lead. But not really sure, you know, like I said, grouse, you had to hike some. So anyways, I just kept trying to move. So when I did hit that last six miles, I was like, you got to run. Like, you have to run because you have no idea where anybody is. And you'd be so mad steep. if you lost that it is, right now. That is steep. That's hard for someone with perfect hips after 100 miles. Yeah. So I can't even yeah. imagine. And really quick, just because Courtney DeWalter had eye issues were your eyes burning at all because of the dust that gets kicked up sometimes, or were the so, were your eyes fine? So actually, I don't know if you were aware or not, but there was another fire that started on like the fifty-mile course, so I right heard. near us, and yeah. they, 
they had to be redirected. So when I was going back up grouse, um, I started smelling smoke pretty good. And then by the time I got to summit and then especially summit over the long lake, I was actually hacking really bad. Like, um, you know, eyes were burning and stuff, but I couldn't tell whether or not that was just because I was so tired or, um, or the smoke. And I'm like, Jesus, I don't know if there's like a campfire right here. I'm like, I don't see another fire. You know, they said that we wouldn't get the smoke from the other fire. So I was just, uh, I was trying to hammer down for part of the reason of not knowing whether or not there was a fire nearby because it certainly smelled like it. And there was, but we weren't in danger on that side. You know, we got, everybody got back safe, but they did have to completely reroute the 50 milers yeah um, it was like 10 so minutes just, before the race started or something to that effect right yeah and it was it's pretty crazy. big too like you could see all the big clouds of smoke once you got down and looked over there wow. um that's crazy. yeah actually i had even a few clients in the 50 miler and one had to be hospitalized because she had strep throat like last week and it totally made it oh, really bad you know that's on the re- on the re- coil so yeah so that's when- just tells you that that sucked when you push (laughs) when you push like michelle yates do you hallucinate towards the end of these big races like are rocks and roots turning into things are you having mental issues or is are you still thinking clearly because uh you know i've i think tommy rivers pusey um was telling me he was basically just totally out of it towards the end of his race uh last year in fact, he thought he had finished top three because um, he imagined passing people, which is next, <laughs> next, uh, next, no. next level hallucination. Um, and he's yeah, one I of mean, the I nicest like... guys in the world. And don't mean to joke about that, but um, do you hallucinate at all? I feel like um, in these races, I'm actually pretty super strong, like okay. for the most part, and especially because right now I'm actually. And I, even though this went well, I'm still restricted by my um, hips. Like my hair, my husband was like, "Oh, I could tell at Olympian Hall you're already starting to get the marathon shuffle again, or the hip shuffle is what he calls it, because you know my gait does change um, the sore, the more sore they get." Um, but yeah, but no, I I've hallucinated once when I did Chicago Marathon when it was really hot, and unfortunately there were some deaths at that race. I don't know if you remember that. Wow, but yeah, that would be the only yeah. time that I remember hallucinating. And you were hardcore, my friend. That's they amazing. They were handing out sponges, and I thought it was cheese, and I was getting so <laughs> mad that they were handing out cheese. <laughs> but You're like, I'm, dehy- I'm, I'm burning up. I need water. I don't need cheese. And yeah, I, did you I pass like, it up? Those big pieces of cheese. Why would they give away big pieces? <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. So, um, yeah. So, on a serious note, what's going through your head for the last mile? I mean, are you reflecting on the past two years? I mean, what are you feeling like and thinking going into the finish line? Oh, uh, I just—you know—I don't mean this to sound cocky, but just proud of myself because you know there is some dark corners there there was definitely um you know some wine drinking and just you know in depression and not sure if I could do this not sure you know were the doctors right you know could I never do this again um you know like just a lot of things going on in the last two years of course and then of course you know just 
I'm a mom, so then I'm like, am I being too selfish here? You know, this takes a lot of time. It's a family, you know, support thing. Like, your family has to be on a board, you know, for you to to be able to focus like you need to focus in order to get this job done, you know. So just happy and relieved that I can make them proud, that I can make all my clients proud, and just also hopefully inspire and encourage, you know, others who have been told you know like that's it this is your only option and definitely to get you know second and third opinions because look if I could do this you know and they told me I wasn't even going to run again I can only imagine if you know they're telling somebody you know they can't ever run again and and maybe not to the extent of 100 miles but maybe maybe they could maybe they could run you know a marathon or something you know whatever else they want to do you know so it was just—it was super emotional for me coming in on that last mile, and I was holding the tears back for sure. And um, I don't know, maybe some came out because, <laughs> yeah, because it was just—it uh, was an awesome feeling, a really awesome feeling. It definitely meant so much more than obviously, you know, you got a nice—I got a nice payday, which was helpful, but you know, it just meant so much more than that. So. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. I mean, talk about never giving up and just continuing forward with your dream. And, you know, I'm excited for you and your family coming up here and uh, just huge congrats. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm not talented enough to, uh, you know, put a lot of that into words because it's truly, truly phenomenal uh, what you accomplished. And I'm just very happy for you. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you for, yeah. Um, you know, taking all this time to share your experience and look forward to staying in touch and we'll, we'll set up a play date with the uh, the two toddlers to get them out running around. Heck yeah. All yep. right. Thank all you. Right, thank you again. Bye. That's a rare one. Truly thankful to have Michelle Yates on. I mean, if you don't already follow her on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, Reach out, support her. She is an awesome person. So let's shift gears. Let's get into the uh, Jaden Dalk interview. I'm joined again by a friend of the show, Michelle Barton, Cheetah Mermaid, and she's invited a friend of hers from Canada. Jaden Dalk, he just won the Canadian Death Race, a great runner. I'm excited to hear more about him. Michelle, thanks for inviting him on the show for me. My pleasure. He was first to come to mind because Jaden and I have done a lot of the same races in the past few years, in the past few summers. I initially met Jaden at the Lost Soul 100 miler a couple years ago. We have a lot of the same friends and lately he's just totally crushing the scene and same with his brothers and also his dad is racing and like, but what he threw down at the death race was just incredible to me. So He's been involved at Sinister 7. He's also run, like, Black Spur last year. And um, he's just, like, really a great friend and just so talented and awesome. So I just love his energy and love to hear his perspective of his race at the Canadian Death Race. Awesome. Jaden, welcome, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, let's have some fun. Michelle, you've already made me blush a little bit, though. Thank you for the intro. (laughs) In- yeah, but man, you you earned it because you finished 10 hours ahead of me at the death race, and I need to pick into that brain. Let's talk. Okay, let's okay. start off. Jaden, who do you run for? Because you're uh, 
you're running full time, is it, or do you have no a part time? No, goodness, no. I am a full time construction worker. Nice. Um, just run, running is the hobby. Cool. Um, I got ultra ultra running shoes are sponsoring me right now. I'm an ambassador for them out of the on the Canadian side of things. Cool. Um, that's been really good. I've been two years with them, and uh, personal peak fitness uh, endurance coaching. They just signed me on as an ambassador this year. Um, I've been working with him for a couple years. Good friend of mine out of Calgary, and. It's time so, yeah, for it's, been, it's, been it's time for both of them to bump you up. You just you just I, won a big oh. race, so <laughs> we'll um, see. Yeah. So tell me, I mean, when did you start running, Jaden? I mean, have you been doing this since day one? Did you play hockey in the winter like I did up north, or um, um, how'd you get I did started? A bit, of, bit of team sports um, coming up in school, and then I don't know why I've always wanted to be a marathon runner. And like as a kid, it was like my dream to be a marathon runner. So <clears throat> luckily our school had a really good cross country team and like little program going on. So I joined that and then that was in grade six. So grade six through 12, <clears throat> um, doing cross country and then did my first marathon the year before I graduated high school and Whoa. hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. And then, um, took a bit of a hiatus from running and then, Slowly got back into the trail, trail running and ultra running as of last couple, say three, four years, something like that. Been really getting into the ultras and loving it. So I'll ask one other question that I'll throw it back to Michelle. What got you into ultra running? Because marathon running's one thing, but then all the, all of us lunatics decide to go yeah. beyond the marathon. <laughs> How, how'd you first hear about ultras and, and why were you interested in that? Um, that's a good question, actually, that kind of will sum up a little bit, too. Um, in high school, my cross-country coach, he used to take a team of students up to the death race, and they would run it as a relay team. And so it had always been this race where it was like, holy crap, people will run 125 kilometers in the woods. Like, that's absolutely insane, and I have to do it. So yeah. that was kind of like the first, like, you know, taste of, of it. And then um, I did a 50K realizing that the body was capable of doing that then i wanted to jump it and did a 100 miles and then from there it's kind of been like okay every year i just itching to throw in a big race and so this year it was the death race finally got up there and towed the line i would say you threw down you threw down i threw down a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> michelle what do you have i mean like Jaden. You ran Sinister 7 solo for your first 100. That's not an easy race. You did very no, well I, there. Exactly. Having people telling me, like, why the heck would you have chosen that one? <laughs> and it's like, for me, it was like, well, it's the local 100-miler, right? It's like, it's kind of... And I'd yeah. been there on a relay team a couple of years before. And so it was like, well, I thought it was kind of the one to do. But yeah, no, it's it's there's easier ones out there, especially for your first. Absolutely. I mean that had so, to be a, a pretty quick learning curve. I mean, how how was that experience, and like, what have you taken away from that? Uh, the first hundred, it was I had kind of gone into it with no expectations. Like I knew I was going to finish. Um, it was just a matter of what the body was going to do, kind of thing, because I had never gone that distance. And and you know, I had some people like one of my friends who was kind of helping me with coaching. He had you know, kind of predicted me to be around the 25 hour mark. And I was like, wow, thanks for believing in me, but 
I'm a little more of a realistic person and like not going to happen. And I ended up coming just under 30 hours, but it was, it was, it was just a kind of mind blowing for me to realize what the body can do when you push it. And so it was kind of cool. And just opening the door of like, you know, the possibilities, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because Jaden, you have speed and like sometimes those speedy guys don't really like, or, you know, really excel at that longer stuff. So mm -hmm. I admire that you're like branching out and doing that. And was the death race your A race for the year? Yeah. 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 And usually, usually like last couple of years, I haven't had A races. I've been, you know, just signing up for everything because I'm a bit addicted to it. And then just like blasting all these races throughout the year and just having fun at them. But mm -hmm. then this year was like, no, let's try and focus on one train for one you know throw in other races as training races or you know whatever and then throw down on the death race and nice that was kind of my that was that was the goal this year so so for the listeners background who's just tuning in and they're like what the heck's a canadian death race can yeah I, let's talk about can that. i can i hear like the 101 like because i honestly i don't know that much about it and it has death race in its name so it's on my radar <laughs> <laughs> um, that's kind of a trendy way to go right now and you know our buddy dean karnazis ran the death race way back in the day when the yeah. north face was uh, oh, sponsoring nice. it but a lot of things have changed since that so mm -hmm. i mean Jaden, tell us about like when you used to go there and run the relay well it's oh it the race has has some serious history and serious changes um you know starting out back in early 2000s with it being more of an adventure race <clears throat> slowly gradually becoming now to a just 125 kilometer trail like ultra um and then yeah w with it being sponsored with the north face was huge because it had the big names coming to it like ricky gates and and uh dean and hal and um oh. ellie greenwood and stuff like that nice. like those those names are on the the results and those are what i i had actually you know i was just dreaming about these guys' times looking at them while i was training and stuff and like you know checking their splits and all that stuff and of course, it's, you know, with most ultras, like, courses have to change because of, um, you know, different different things like logging or whatever. There's some, a lot of logging and other and stuff bears. like mining and stuff. Oh, man. Bears and everything. Yeah, so the course has changed over the years a little bit. Um, but it also has stayed pretty true to to its name being the death race. Nobody has died yet, but still, it is, it is still hard that'd, as nails. That'd be a horrible way to go out, just throwing it out there. <laughs> I mean, the irony is just too horrible. Okay, anyways, <laughs> right. keep going, keep going. So is this an old, because I read like a brief synopsis of the race and it seemed like almost like Canadian, like a Canadian version of Leadville. Like it was an old mining town. It's like, one of the early, earliest ultras in Alberta, as far as I know as well. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have the history and the, the, the um, like it hasn't been around as long as most of the U.S. ones, obviously, but like the bigger U.S. ones, but it. It is one of the older Canadian ones, and you know anybody in the running community or whatever, they know about the death race. Like all you have to say is the death race, and they're just like, "Yeah, we've heard of it, and you're crazy to go and do it." <laughs> so it does have nice. that really high, like you know, word on the street. Get like the death race, you get some street. Kind of yeah, you get street cred for running this one for yeah, sure. Totally. So yeah, it's not easy to get to. Also, like it's kind of out there. Oh, it's really out in the middle of nowhere. Like, the road getting there is absolute Brutal. mess. Brutal. I know. Yeah. Like, I would never go there, ever, in my life. <laughs> um, 
So, Michelle, is this the one that you slept on yes. the side of the road? You, oh, totally. You sent totally. me a message. You sent me a yeah. message. You're like, I'm going to park and sleep on the side of the road. And I was like, oh, dear <laughs> Lord, like, like, please lock your doors and be safe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I slept okay. like 17 times on the side of the road. <laughs> it was long. Okay, so... So paint the picture, 2018 Canadian Death Race. Both of you guys are signed up. Like, I mean, what's what's it like day before? Like, how Jaden, how are you feeling going into the into the race? Like, are you are you feeling any niggles or like have you had any injuries that you've overcome or like how are you feeling on the start line? On the start line, I was feeling pretty good. The week before the start line, I was an absolute wreck. Um, doing sinister, what was that? Couple weeks before. Yeah. Now I'd only done, I'd only done it as a relay, um, with my brothers, but I had done close to 70 kilometers of hard running, like not solo ultra pace. Like you're on a relay team, you're throwing it down type speed. So it was, that was a bit of a shock to my body. And I had, I had hurt my back pretty bad. Like I had a bit of a nerve pinch in my back and my hip. And those were like super, like making me really nervous because I hadn't had any injuries up leading up to, up to that point. So it was like I was a perfect, ready, oiled machine, ready to rock and roll. And then, you know, we throw down this at Sinister, and then I'm a wreck, and I couldn't even run. So I I did a little bit of physio and Cairo massage and stuff like that, trying to really get myself back to back together. And so luckily, like the whole week two weeks prior to the race was like just sheer focus on getting myself back to quote unquote normal and nice. luckily luckily i did finish like start line i was you know obviously you're nervous as hell because you've been training for six months for this but yeah um, as far as being body ready i was probably as good as i could have been really do they do they play the net the uh, canadian national anthem before <laughs> this or Nobody I did it, no. actually. No. What did they do? I'm so used to taking my hockey helmet off and doing the yeah, I think U.S. and then the Canadian. The Canadian one, yeah. 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 Oh, I can't remember. I was probably completely foggy-minded, too, at the beginning. But I they feel like they have. did do some kind of something. But I, yeah. it wasn't the I, anthem. That was kind of weird. I feel like there was music, but I don't remember what it was. And, Jaden, you were up, like, training on the actual course. Like, you knew it kind of inside yes. out really well, like, yeah. a week. Right? Because your dad Yeah, so that's something me. I needed to – yeah, that's something I should bring up, too. I, I had taken a job up there a couple months before. So – I was doing some construction contract work up there, so I was training on the course, and like that nice. made a world of a difference. Like I, nice. I, there's there's you know pros and cons to knowing a course, and there's pros and cons to not knowing a course. And sometimes you know, excuse me, I love going into a race completely blind and not knowing anything about it because everything is so fresh to you, and you're just kind of pumped on that fresh vibes constantly. But also, you know, knowing a course you know where, okay, I can take it easy on this section because I can rip the next section or I need to be ready to rip the next section because it is a fast section, you know? Let's Right. Can I, we talk about the course really quick? 
Yeah. I, I yeah, need some mystery solved. Okay. <laughs> this this course is seriously gnarly. Like it's split. It seems like in Canada these relays are very, very popular. So most mm-hmm. of these races are split into like leg one, leg two, leg three kind of thing. And each leg has a separate personality, right? So to speak. So like here we go, starting the race on the first leg. All of a sudden, pretty much everyone gets stung by like wasp nests and then like cut with barbed wire. Like all kind of stuff happened like right in the very beginning. And uh, meanwhile, we're just running through like these mud pools and bogs and like one section was called Sludge Fest and you're just like, you're (laughs) in mud. Like literally some of my friends brought like eight pairs of shoes and socks to change into. I didn't do that, but like the course (laughs) is so like, muddy and steep and like i have no mm-hmm. idea how you ran through that so fast just like pools of what mod- water mud it's not like it's not a clear trail it's a mess no it was a very wet wet course yeah wet like guaranteed every leg you're guaranteed wet feet basically so you just run right through that in the middle of it or what because like we were going uh, up on the sides for it some of them like i I honestly, I hate wet feet. So, you know, I try to avoid it as much as possible, but then, you know, once they are wet, it's like, well, you yeah. might as well just trudge through and, you know, but you also got to kind of got to be careful, right? Cause like the puddles are so big, you have no idea what's in them. So it's like, right. Ooh, don't want to roll an ankle or whatever. Yeah. But were you expecting that Jaden? Like was yeah. that well anticipated? So you knew your feet yeah. were going to get wet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had okay. like, I had chosen, I, I did two, two different shoes. Um, and kind of anticipated possibly having a third, but my second set of shoes were super good as far as draining and drying out. So, you know, my feet didn't get too destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like some some people's feet, like after, you know, seeing their day, it was just like full on trench foot, blisters like crazy. It's like, ugh. Right. So, I mean, how how did the beginning of the race go for you? Were you still on cloud nine? Like, was everything going as expected? And were you up against some super fast competition? Or were you just in the lead and holding on? And for I, In my jot notes here, I have leg one, felt like shit, no flow or rhythm. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so how good one, starts race. Good, good yeah, races start that me. way. I'm telling you leg one was an absolute joke like yeah it was just i just it's wasn't choppy. feeling it it was and i knew it would, It was very choppy and i knew it would take like it does usually take you know a couple of miles to really get into it or a couple of hours even to really kind of find that flow find that rhythm and keep crushing with it but no leg one didn't feel good at all yeah. and yeah i was definitely running against fantastic runners um you know, the two guys that I was competing against for, like, second and third, they're guys who I've looked up to for years. Um, and so running with them and then, like, all of a sudden overtaking them was, like, it's just something I've never experienced before because I've never, I've ne- like, I think I've maybe won, outright won one race in my life. So this was, like, it's just not a place I'm used to or ever been at. So it's, like, mm-hmm. that was a lot. And then, were yeah, you, you know, were competitors, you like, up? throughout the season. Ah, like, was it I emotional did. passing guys that you've looked up to for years? Not really, because we're almost on, like, that buddy level. You know, they're just such great guys. It's like, you know, they are my friends now. So it's like, you know, it's not like I'm, like, looking at them like these, these big idols or whatever. They're they're definitely just nice, good human beings, and we're out there to, you know, all have fun and 
push our limits. Um, there was some emotion on the course, though, definitely. But uh, yeah, it was for other reasons. It wasn't. It wasn't because of you know running with these top dogs. It was just personal personal stuff, you know. Definitely. And I saw your dad like on the top of uh, I think it was leg two. You know, before we go down that yeah. really long yeah. downhill. And oh. your dad said you were crushing it, like. And I was, and I even saw your mom, like at one of the aid stations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm like, how in the world can you run down that? Like that's where you're like sliding on your ass. Yeah. Like, so leg yeah. two, leg two is absolutely brutal. One is okay. One is a lot of runnable stuff. Yeah. Beautiful, like you know, you're running along the lakes and a little bit through town and stuff. Um, but leg two is an absolute brutal beast i want to say it's the hardest leg of the race but that's kind of just my take on it it's it's got that slug fest in the middle where it's you know you're just ankles and muskeg and just yeah, forever. mess yeah and then the descent off of the second mountain on leg two is brutal like it's a total quad destructor so right. i honestly like when I came off that and the whole descent through that, I was thinking to myself, never do I want to do this leg again. (laughs) And then, you know, the sooner you get it done, the sooner it's over. So it's, yeah, I pushed it to kind of, to kind of be over. And at the end of leg two is kind of where I had started the beginning of my push. Like I'd planned to kind of start pushing on leg three and out out of, you know, five legs, like leg three is still, that's still, you know, the beginning half of the race. So it's, that's risky starting to push it there, but yeah, that's when I wanted to start opening up. And because lake three, you know, is a nice relaxer after two, lake three is really runnable, like technical, technical rocky stuff, and but very runnable. So that was my lake three too, just push. And, and I was actually coming off of lake two, I was in third place at that point, which was a bit of a shocker because I didn't expect to be doing so well at that point. Mm-hmm. And then... And then leg three was just like, okay, well, they're not that far ahead of me. So, and I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, it's easy, easy kilometers while you're still kind of fresh. It's kind of like free time in ultras. Like it's, you want to be moving those quickly to be, you know, getting that mileage behind you. So that was leg three, just push. (laughs) And when he says leg three is runnable, he's kind of lying. (laughs) Like, dude, they changed the course. And so there's, Seriously, oh, the end and, of three okay, is garbage. Yeah, yeah, there's there's like yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> so there's a beautiful road, and I'm like, road, thank God, give me road. And then oh no, we make a right turn, and we're like, using our arms to like climb up ropes, yeah, climb it was, down it was ropes, climb in a trench. Yeah, it was like, what are they doing this for? Like it felt like we were going upside down and backwards, and not just like right to the mm-hmm. aid station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and actually, part. Michelle, I didn't know about that section of the course until two days before. Oh, like I had yeah. thought we had ran because years past they had ran on the road or just right in the ditch. Then, yeah. And I was like, okay, that's going to be good because hopefully, you know, I can really be moving at that point and get those miles behind me and put some quick times in. And then, you know, a couple of days before the race, my buddy was like, "Oh, have you ran the new section on on three? And I'm like, "No." And then, so a couple of days before the race, I had to go and do that, and I was just jaw dropped. Like, this is this is intense. You know, expecting to, well, expecting to be crushing, you know, four minute kilometers to going to, you know, six, seven minute kilometers because they're just walking up a hill. Like it was, it was very tough. <laughs> yeah. And plus there's zero aid on that loop. Nothing at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. 
yeah and my friend said oh michelle like you're gonna love it it's all downhill (laughs) yeah i was like screw you you're (laughs) such a liar like this is like the worst actually michelle i wanted to ask you on leg three did you see the bear tracks no whoa okay once we hit once we hit like once you got off the littler trail and we're on to that like dark mine road yeah like once you get into the mine road yeah they were fresh like I, I talked to my brother and he, my brother was leading for the relays and he never saw tracks at all so they were in between my brother and me and andy and and uh uh alex there so that was within an hour, less than an hour's time frame. The bear had gone through and just walked along the road, played around on the road a little bit, and there was multiple tracks. Like it was, it was a mom and cub for sure. Were was they, it grizzly? Yeah, I was gonna say, are they big? <laughs> they were. They weren't the biggest tracks I've seen up there, but they were. They were big enough. Right. Yeah. And it's well, like, people just saw being bears. That, that fresh, it was like, oh. Yeah, I I know like a few people said they saw bear and they dropped out right away. Like some really? ladies, yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh huh. No, um, Andy Reid had seen the bear because it was I was still in third place and he was um, a couple minutes ahead of me and he had seen the bear before I got there. It was before that road, but right. it, that one was just a black bear. But the uh, bear's a bear. <laughs> just yeah, just a black bear. No, no big deal on old mine road. <laughs> uh, so how okay, did? So... Go ahead, Michelle. Can we talk about the coolest, coolest thing about this whole race? that I was just looking forward to the whole time. The death race coin that you give to the Grim Reaper oh. at the boat crossing. <laughs> okay, so that is such a special part about the race. It's super cool, but it just makes you paranoid. I was paranoid the whole entire race. Because yep. it's you have to carry this coin with you that you give to the Grim Reaper at the river crossing, and that's your, your fee to cross the river on the boat. Because the, the river is not crossable by by swimming or anything like you no. have to take the you have you to take the motorboat that is awesome you would so, die so awesome. For sure. and if you don't if you don't have your coin when you reach the river you dnf right there you can't cross they're absolutely so, serious about dqing and people have been yeah. dq'd that lost their coin yeah. or like screwed up yeah yeah so that makes you nervous the whole like i man i would check every couple of miles just feeling in my um in my waistband where the coin was to make sure it was there right. so that was oh it was cool but man really makes you nervous <laughs> uh-huh and yeah the boat ride was awesome it's it's short it's like i don't know 100 meters but yeah less but it's kind of cool it's just it's just a fun concept and the grim yeah. reaper was cool i was like is this guy gonna be a dick or like be really <laughs> serious and he was like super like smiling and like all mm-hmm. in in the in the character but yeah that yeah. was awesome i really loved that part of the race that's really cool and so What's the next segment after, you know, the Grim Reaper gets you across the river because you have your coin? Do you, and I assume you hold on to your coin after that? or No, no you he give takes it to him it. and he takes he it. He takes yeah. it. Okay, okay. Um, what's the next segment after the river crossing? Uh, I don't know <laughs> straight uphill? Like, yeah, I don't know how it was like for you, Michelle, but... Dying? Smokes. It, Dying straight uphill. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's probably a kilometer climb, kilometer vert, I think climbing out of it i might be don't call me on that but it's a good climb out and you're still i don't know mile conversion i want to say eight to ten miles maybe not quite that much to the finish line and it's you know for me at that point that was a bit of a low for me actually in the race because 
you know, I'd been leading, I'd been leading since the end of leg three. So all of Hamel, like the big mountain, all of the long descent and then all of leg five. And then, so I was, I was mentally drained at that point. Yeah. So it, like in my head, I was accepting the fact I was like, you know what, if Andy catches me at this point, it's his race. Like I'm, I'm so done. Um, and then wow. actually leaving, leaving, leaving the boat sucked because you climb and you can hear everything. Like you're climbing out of this, this river gorge. And I had heard the boat like only a couple minutes after I got off. Oh. And I was like, Oh crap. Like he's like, they're going he's back there. to pick him up and he's right there. Ugh. And I don't like, that was, I don't know if it was just the boat driver playing around in the current or <laughs> what it was because, but it made me run. Like it still made like fuel the fire a little bit to keep, keep me to push. And so, yeah, it, it helped a lot, but holy smokes, that made me so nervous. Cause it was like, yeah, my race is not over. Like I'm still going to keep pushing, but I had thought he was just going to catch me. And I know, <clears throat> um, Andy Reed, he's just a legend, an absolute like, mountain machine. Like he, just his climbing all day, his climbing was, you know, he would just be basically walking away from me. And I consider myself to be a, a half decent climber. So I was, I was nervous leaving the river, but no sight of him. And then when, once you hit, like you do, you climb out and it's, it's a gnarly climb out and then decent runnable, runnable quad tracks for several miles. And then you hit town, but the whole runnable stuff is like, if you're if you're not feeling it or if you're you know i was pretty done at that point but still desperately trying to keep the pressure on so it was nerve-wracking until until it until i hit town really you know and the pavement climbing out which you're uh i don't know i'd say a mile but less than a mile probably to the finish line that's when it kind of sunk in it's like wow this is actually happening yeah and then you know my brother was there to meet me and he ran with me for the last little bit there and he was just like, dude, you got this. And I'm like, just jagged on adrenaline at that point. But it was, it was pretty special. So you ran like a lot of the race alone. Oh, hundred percent of the race alone. hundred percent. Leg one, leg one. It was, I was just being left in the dust. Like I, you know, you would be with a group of people and then all of a sudden they'd be gone and then you'd be uh-huh. with a group of people and then they'd be gone. Um, and then leg two was slowly like the whole climb up, you know, it was slowly, I'd pick somebody off. And, you know, run with them for, you know, a minute or less and then they're gone. And then leg three, it was just hunting down the two boys once I overtook them. Like, I didn't even get to run with them for for, for too long. And that's kind of what I, you know, you look forward to running with people, right? Like, yeah, especially, to run, especially to run with those two guys, it would just, it would have been amazing. But, you know, when I had overtook Andy, he was in second at the time. I had overtook him and it was like, you know, the quickest conversation ever. Like, hey, how you doing, man? Like. And he was like, well, I'm doing okay. And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling like shit, but let's do this. And then that, like, he was gone. And then, well, actually, no, that's not true. Because he, him and I were running on that um, mine road together. And he was yelling up. He's like, are you seeing these bear tracks? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of pooping my pants here. Let's keep going. <laughs> and then when I caught Petrosky, like Alex, the guy who was in first, you know, I'd caught him on this nasty climb, like when you were switchbacking in that last section there. And he was like, yeah, I'm just walking it in basically. Like I'm, he's hurting pretty good. And he was just going to take it easy into the aid station. And then, and then it was like, yeah, I'd passed him and he was gone. It was like two second interaction. And then all of, all of like five by myself, 
So and all four, all four was by myself again. Like it was very lonely race. I you know, yeah, it, but that's what I wanted to say. I feel for you, elite guys. Like, gosh, it's so uh, lonely it out sucks. front. It sucks. Totally sucks. And, you should join you know, us in the with... middle of the pack. It's a party in the middle of the yeah. pack. <laughs> yeah. Running running relays with my brothers, it's kind of the same thing. Like, um, for Sinister, you know, the last couple of years, we've gotten second place, and it's it's a boring day. You know, we were out there by ourselves. First place is, you know, way ahead of us and kind of, yeah. you know, an unrealistic goal. Um and we're out there all by ourselves. Like we don't get to enjoy, you know, anybody else's day. Like that's what I, you know, you love the the whole community aspect about the ultra running and, you yeah. know, sharing experiences with people and, you know, having to having, you know, overcoming challenges together as groups and stuff is really fun. So, yeah, running running by yourself is is pretty sucky and lonely. But also training up there by myself. Like I've been training up there for, you know, the month month and a half, two months before the race. You know, yeah. every run was by myself. So, you know, that kind of I knew it was going to be important day of because, you know, you're going to potentially, you can't always guarantee to be running with people. So let's, so it let's, definitely helped to train. Let's hear more yourself. about your training. I mean, what, what type of training does it take to win the Canadian death race? Like what were your average miles, like weekly vert? Did you have some kind of game plan or was it just like time on feet and knowing the course? Like tell me uh, more, tell me more about how you trained to win this race specifics oh crappy part is i'm a bit of a hippie like i don't like I, because i have a coach this year and it, it, he's he's an absolute like science wizard he loves all the numbers loves all that stuff so that was really it was a really good partnership because you know he would you know set up me with this <clears throat> weekly training plan with you know the heart rate goodies the the mileage goodies the elevation goodies and stuff that he would want me to do and you know i'm still basically just going out there by feel and you know going for feel and how i'm feeling and you know, pushing accordingly, but, um, average, uh, weekly mileage. I want to, I wasn't like, a, you go for quality over quantity, right? So I, like I wasn't those, pushing I like, like those junk miles sometimes, but yeah, no, I'm yeah. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my training, I don't, I think, you know, I hit maybe one, one week over a hundred miles, maybe, um, and you would go, you know, you'd do like a build week and then a, a bit of a rest week and, you know, some working on intervals and like, you know, getting some good gain days and, um, you know, usually weekdays or weekends, sorry, would always be like, you know, you throw in a good long run and stuff like that. But I don't know, training specifics has never been, never been my thing. But this year having a coach and having a plan has obviously done me wonders and having somebody who knows you know, knows more about the body and how it reacts to the whole training process and what works. And we found, we found a, a good plan that works for, works for me. And so that's been, that's been pretty important. Have you done cross training at all? No, because that's another thing I take for granted is my job. You know, I hate my job. I'm, you know, construction. I've been doing, you know, you're framing one day, uh, you're doing stonework the next day. You're, it's all exterior stuff all heavy lifting stuff so the occupational athleticism that i gain from that is huge like you yeah. know i'm not sitting in an office as much as i would want to be like sitting in an office just relaxing i'm you know working my body all day long and then having to do a run after you know the end of a long work day is it's sometimes a serious struggle but no being physically active and and hard physically active 
work is yeah. is huge and it it definitely makes it you know makes me be able to slack off in a lot of like cross training or stuff like that i do do yeah. a lot of mountain biking which is a good crossover because you know you're not doing that or not having that um you know serious impact and stuff but still getting some seriously good good leg workout and stuff like that um but yeah with my job and that little I mean, having an, an active outdoor lifestyle you know you always weekends you're doing random stuff that's yeah good on the body and always moving and stuff like that so if if Jaden's boss is listening, he loves his job. He's totally into it. <laughs> if you follow Jaden on Instagram, like he is always having fun. So you guys need to follow him. He's always doing crazy stuff. And at the death race, you were on the relay and on the solo. Yes. So you that guys, was... you and your brothers won the relay and you won the solo. What? Yeah, that was a little bit of like a, a borderline logistics nightmare, but also pretty cool and pissed a lot of people off too because it's like <laughs> wait you're on a relay team and you're solo it's like what yeah so the way that worked out it was we had talked to brian the race director beforehand and we're like you know we we do these relays as brothers and you know we want to do it this one as a as a team of bros again too and my my older brother and younger brother they were <clears throat> would have gladly done it you know just a team of two but they were like well you know what we want we want you to be part of it and so yeah so for legs one and two I just ran with two bibs, so I did, you know, the relay bib plus my bib plus, you know, two chiming chips and two coins. Oh, I didn't know that, Jaden. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. I didn't so know that, that at all. also make me a little nervous. It's like, damn, I'm carrying two coins here. This is some serious responsibility. Oh, but <laughs> but um, yeah, and then from leg three, then they just took over the timing chip and the coin and the, and the bib and went on from there. So leg one and two, I was running for them on the relay team plus myself, and then... Yeah, went on from there. So can you tell me a little bit about what you and your brothers have going on with the attitude over altitude? Yeah, um, it's that's that's basically it, you know, attitude over, over altitude. Um, it was a team name that we had kind of come up with a couple of years ago. Um, because your your attitude is is kind of one of the most important things in the long distance game because if your attitude isn't there if you're not if your mind isn't in it you know it's going to be that much harder or you're gonna you're gonna fail initially because you know it's you know they say i don't know what they say 80 percent of it or something is your mind to get through these ultras so having mm-hmm. a positive attitude is huge and <clears throat> like you know i in my in my personal life i you know i'm constantly striving to to be that positive person or you know, be uplifting or shining a light for, you know, anybody around you is, is a serious challenge because I'm not, you know, I'm not the greatest at it in my personal life. And that it's weird how the running community, like I found it's it. And I guess it's because I get so much joy out of, out of running, which is kind of, it's weird to explain to somebody who doesn't run, <laughs> yeah, run, but you know, I just, I, I love the community of run, the trail running and ultras and, you know, it gives me great joy. And so sharing that and spreading that, in the ultra community has been has been a blast and easy for me whereas you know in in real world you know you're you know with all your stresses of, of regular life and work and all that you can kind of get down but um trying to trying to be have a positive attitude and share that positive attitude is is our goal and that's where kind of the the name attitude over altitude because you know if you have a positive attitude you can get over any altitude kind of thing and so it's it's been a it's been a journey 
Um, our family's had some some tough times this year, and you know, at the end of the day, it's your it's your attitude what's important, and it'll get you through it'll get you through pretty much anything. I love it, and you even made shirts and sweatshirts with that logo on there. Yeah, that was we did for two years ago when we um, first relayed Sinister as a team of three. Um, well, my brother he my brother has a graphic design company. That's what he does for a living, and so he's you know threw together this awesome logo. And we threw it on some singlets and raced Sinister with that. And then everybody was like, we absolutely love the shirt. Like, can we buy one? And we're like, well, no, because we only have these three singlets. <laughs> and so then that's what we had. Just, we had we did that this year. We made shirts so that we we printed off long sleeve tech shirts with our logo on them. And, um, you know, the hashtag added to go altitude and put a little fan number on each shirt and we sold shirts. That's what funded our, our death race entry this year. And that's awesome, Jaden. Yeah. Yeah. And people everywhere we're going, it's like, people love the shirts and it's, it's, it's slowly growing. You know, I'm, I, we want to kind of see it get a little bigger and it's cause it is, it's just important for everything, not just the running, right. It's, it's in everyday life. It's get that positive attitude going and you can, you can conquer almost anything. I've I've learned that a positive attitude during a race is actually something you have to practice, and it gets better over time. Totally. And the more you practice it, it actually becomes kind of second nature, like anything you mm-hmm. practice. It's not one of those. Yeah. There there are the rare individuals. It's kind of like public speaking. They're rare rare individual individuals. Yeah. I can hardly talk that are naturally gifted at it, but for most of us. Uh, normal mm-hmm. folks, we have to practice it over and over and over to get better at it, and it actually really helps at race races. I've found personally. Yeah, totally. I had a bad experience with my first 50k. Um, I was kind of run, running, just kind of head down in the groove, and with a couple other people, and we had missed some flagging, and so got off course, and we had ran a couple kilometers off course, and then I had to run a couple kilometers back to get on course, mm-hmm. and. You know, yeah. getting lost like that throws your mind in the gutter. Like it's just totally. you're just discouraged. You're pissed off, and you know um, that was a huge learning curve for me because running with that bad attitude and, and trying to get out of that, it's like my race suffered like crazy because you're you're just mad and you're not running good. You're you throw yourself off, and so from then on, it was like okay, let's you know a keep your head up and look for flagging (laughs) but also just avoiding avoiding bad headspace and and sometimes it's unavoidable you know but being able to work through it work through it quickly is is important too so if if i'm running next to someone that's complaining i will like you know try to oh you step up your pace or try and turn their attitude around i do even in the middle of the pack or back of the pack i will i will try to avoid them like the plague um Mm -hmm. so would you have changed anything about your race? I know you won it, so there's not too many like major errors or or lookbacks there. But like, would you have changed mm-hmm. anything? Are you happy with it? I I have to be happy with it. You know, everything seemed to just click. Uh, it was a fantastic day. Like uh, the one thing maybe I would like to change would have liked to improve was my transition time. So when I was with my crew. Mm-hmm. Um, those, you know, they seemed fast in the race scenario, but then afterwards looking, it was like, oh, wow, I was more than six minutes in this transition or whatever. You know, I could step up the pace yeah. on that. 
and and noticing with the competitors too like i for example going out onto leg five you know i'd spent i think it was up to 10 minutes i'm not i would have to double check with my crew but it was it was a while and when those guys came in second and third place came in they were two minutes and 30 seconds like the set like the third place guy he was only in for 30 seconds because they were at that point they were hungry for blood right but you know that's something little that you would like to change but also ten, the important 10 minutes of, is a long time in the middle of the pack honestly no yeah like just I, being I frank with you double check on numbers <laughs> i would have to double check with numbers but um it seemed it's they seem just a little long but also the importance of those right like you know i we with having an experienced crew that was crewing me it was it's important to have getting all your things that you need instead of you know rushing yeah. it and going out and forgetting something like that so for sure something important so I don't know. It's kind of a, it's a toss up. I I can't complain about my race. So you know, it was absolutely fantastic. Everything clicked. Um, as far as nutrition, didn't have any stomach issues. A little stomach issues on like one, but you know, nothing crazy. Nice. No serious foot issues or nothing. Like that's awesome. I'm gonna throw it, was, it to all Mich- in all, it was a well day. Yeah. I'm gonna throw it to Michelle, and then I have some quicker response uh, questions and answers for you. Okay. Well, I just also want to say, like, the second and third place guy, Andy and Alex, like, their race is crazy, like, right towards the very end. Like, uh, Alex passed yeah. Andy, like, right, what, like, 500 meters before, like, it was a yeah, total Yeah, 30 seconds total between those battle. two times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. That was gnarly. And, and then, so, like, after the death race, I know you did uh, meet the Minotaur and you just did, like, run the rut in Montana. So you're yeah. You're back at it feeling good <laughs> i'm tired <laughs> yeah i don't know if you, if you guys have done the rut but holy hell i want to that, yeah it's i you know after it's taken me a week to kind of be like yeah i'll do that again you know after i finished <laughs> it was like holy crap never again do i want to do that because it's it's hands down the hardest hardest 50k i've done but absolutely yeah. stunning stunning views stunning climbs like it's just absolute beast of a course what is like, it, like super 14, super hard Fourteen thousand feet a gain or something crazy right for 50k yeah. for 50k and that's almost what um the death race had for 125 <laughs> yeah so that's mind-blowing that's insane did you do the vertical k too Jaden? yes yeah oh. on friday we did the vertical k and then which was a bit of a tease because you do that same climb in the 50k and it's it's not a regular Whoa. climb. It's hands and knees scrambling. Like it's it's up Lone Peak, which is just this beast of a mountain, just sitting in the middle of nowhere. And just you got to climb it. Ugh, it was insane. Are right. you done tough. racing this year, or do you have any more? Uh, I am, but the boys want to put in a a relay team possibly for Grizzly 50k. So that that'll be a fun one, I think. Uh huh. We might do some more relays and stuff, but no, I'm taking it easy now. I'm just relaxed. Yeah, tell me That's how awesome. how do you recover after winning the Canadian Death Race? Like, do you have a certain uh, like routine there, or is it just kind of go off feel and eat whatever you want? And then I do want to hear more about your diet. Um. Yeah, it was a lot of sleeping, a lot of sleeping and eating, um, and biking. I biked. The next morning, I bike. I bike my rode my bike around town for an hour or so, and that did absolute wonders. You know, you want to keep keep yourself moving. Um, but yeah, a lot of just rest. You know, I took the week off and off of work and just just chilled, relaxed. And I'm not, 
um, mentally, I'm still I'm still feeling exhausted from it. You know, like going into the rut and uh, meet the Minotaur, those races, it was hard for me to. Uh, well, I struggled to have a competitive mindset in the beginning, but it was just hard to have that drive to race. If you know what I mean, like yeah, I felt emo- mentally yeah mentally drained. You know. And do you have any dietary restrictions or anything, or is it cheeseburger uh, after the race, but... or or how's your diet? <laughs> no poutine, poutine and a pizza. Nice <laughs> pizza. I can totally, I can unfortunately relate too well on. Yeah, um, yeah. I, no, I, I used to do pizza before race too. I love, oh, love me some good pizza before a race. That's I I might start using that as like a a carb up type method because mm-hmm. I get a reward for finishing an ultra with the pizza. Um, <laughs> but I gotta say discipline because that's where I got carried away. Um, <laughs> so most important question of the night. Um, toe socks or no toe socks? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I, I haven't spent enough time in toe socks, to be honest. Okay. I, I got a pair and they were the thick pair and okay. I didn't like them very much. I think I need to try a thin pair. You gotta, you gotta lube up the toes with like some squirrel snuff butter and then just slide mm-hmm. them into each, each toe, just slide them in and don't think about it. <laughs> it's too much of a pain so on the butt to get work. on for me. It's, yeah, it's, it's a like, pain. Like, it's dude, it's much less work than dealing with blisters. True. true. I haven't had a blister in two years since because of ultras. So. Oh, nice, nice. I'm kind yeah. of gifted that way. They they work perfectly for my feet. So. What what models do you run in? Um, my favorites are the Superior. Okay. Just as like a nice light trail shoe, and then um, last couple of years I've actually started running in the Torrens, which are a pretty pretty high cushioned road shoe but those are my favorite uh mountain shoes now i like i ran the rut in those i ran the death race in those they are my go-to they're they're awesome do you but he also runs in lunas too sometimes lunas are for train like i love training in lunas because they're they they force you to have perfect form they force you to work on your form and and they toughen up your feet like to have tough feet is is huge because then you know you're not not prone to blisters or hot spots or whatever while you're running. I was wondering so. why Michelle and you hit it off so well. Okay, it goes back Luna. to Luna's. Yeah, Luna's. Cool. <laughs> back in the day. What what other yeah. gear um, is like a necessity for you? Do you use handhelds? Do you use a vest? Do you have uh, any special secret actually, watch that I need to know before, about? I picked up a Suunto this this year, which is is amazing. I still don't know how to yeah, use it, yeah. but it's amazing. Um, just as far as like battery life was huge for me. It's like, you know, my previous watch, I was like, well, I can't even do, you know, more than a 50k, and the watch is wanting to die already. So with the Suunto, it's been amazing. <clears throat> um, other gear, I did, you know, I'll throw in a handheld for certain sections, but because I, I do use poles a lot, um, okay. I don't really like handhelds because I want to have my hands out, accessible for poles and stuff. Yeah. Um, I picked up a naked yeah. belt though. The naked belt is amazing. I've I wore that things. for death race. Yeah. You can you can fit, you know, everything in it. Um, oh, it's it's awesome. You, that... it, you can hold your poles and stuff like that. It's so that's kind of my my favorite piece of gear, as of as of recently that I absolutely love. Lecky poles or black diamond or what do you? No, I am with uh, Mountain King. They're Mountain a brand King. out of out of Europe, and okay. they're. Just lightweight aluminums. Cool. Very cool. They're not. I've I've haven't really 
tried out different poles. I, you know, 30, you borrowed a pair of Leckies for like 30 seconds and they were so totally different. They're very rigid. Um, my poles mm. pretty flat. And so I, I've been used to that, but no, I've, Leckies what, are Leckies are nice. <laughs> do you use liquid calories? Like, what type of gels are you using? Are you using gels at all? Like, what type of aid station foods are you using? Uh, a goo gel works really well for me. So that's kind of what I've mainly on. I haven't done, I haven't tried any kind of liquid calories in the last couple of years. Oh, you um, have to. You have to. Although you're winning, <laughs> so don't change anything. Well, I don't. Uh, I feel like I should be trying some trying some things because. It feels like I'm just eating constantly during the races, so liquid calories could be could be kind of cool. It's nice towards the end when you feel super lazy. Like, yeah. I feel so yeah. freaking lazy at the end, and I'm just like, oh, I'm actually fueling, like, by just taking a swig of the water bottle. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so I can see that as being a huge advantage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also real foods. Like, I'm, I, I love to – I'm a huge snacker, right? I'm an avid snacker, so that's that was a huge draw to ultra running, too. It's like, wait – I can spend all day and all night just snacking all day long. Eating donuts? Yeah, okay, I'll do that. So I love it. Like, you and awesome. your brother eat awesome. donuts. But I do progies. Yeah. Progies, donuts, and pizza. Pizza. Are awesome. And potatoes. Potatoes, sweet potatoes, stuff like that. Super good. I did I did a 24-hour race, Palmer Lake, and my big strategy was I cooked up two gluten-free pizzas ahead of time and cut mm-hmm. them up so that every loop I could like come around and... Uh, grab a slice. Grab a slice. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Like, that was my no, motivation. It's, awesome. it's amazing. It's um, amazing. I was a hamster working for pizza. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to finish with, you. You're, you're only 25. You have, you know, not even a third of your running career, hopefully, you mm-hmm. know, locked mm-hmm. in. Like you said, this is just the beginning. I want to know more about what's Jaden's future. Are you looking at UTMB? Are you looking at... Euro races, more races in the U.S. and like, I, kind of what States, distance? Western yeah. States. Yeah. Um, well, now that I've got now that I've got a, you know, Western qualifier, it's like, well, shoot, now I got to start picking and choosing and running Western qualifiers to try and get into that. Um, goals, big race goals. Oh, it'd be a dream to run Hard Rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the reality of that seems so far fetched that uh, <laughs> may never happen. But. Europe races don't really have a huge appeal to me just because I'm I'm scared of like price tagging and getting there and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love I love a good road trip. So, you know, for example, going down to the rut this past weekend was was awesome. You know, you go for a nice road trip in the US, it's close to us. Um, so I definitely plan on, on throwing in, you know, more US races. Um, and maybe I don't know, go across to Australia. I've done a little bit of racing. I was in Australia a couple of years ago and put in some trail races so that'd be fun australia new zealand but also it's like you know that's a big price tag so price tags scare me yeah do you have a a distance so do you have a distance that you are finding yourself liking more than another uh it's hard to say i want to say like ah it's tough like last year i did you know i was trying to focus on 50ks and then you know near the end of the season it's like no, I want to, I want something longer. Like I want that adventure of a longer race. Yes. So, yeah. you know, throwing in a long race totally. is, is like a must now in my season, like at least having one around that hundred K. Um, I need to do some more 50 miles though. 
you guys have any suggestions, I need some 50 miles. That's I've only done one, and I think that's a good distance to yeah. kind of get a good mix of everything. Come to Colorado. So, Come to Colorado, ooh, and I'll, uh, yeah. I'll I'll help you out. Just let me know, and you pick any 50 miler in Colorado. It'll be a good. It's one. good to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. There's great ones in Cali too. Like, but I feel like they're too easy for you because, like, it's so much more runnable. Like, Ray Miller, Leona Divide, like, the ones out here, I don't know. It's just, like, you would fly. You, should... you could almost do, like, I'm a not, golden I... ticket. I was just going to uh, say, true. throw down at Georgia Death Race or something like that. Since you have the Death Race down, dude, just go get the golden, go get the, uh, golden ticket in Georgia. I don't know. Just being down at the rut, y'all in the States, you guys are running on another level. <laughs> very nice and humbling to go down and and get put into place let's let's finish with michelle barton deep question of wisdom here whatever michelle wants to end on she invited you on the show i i knew you had won but you know obviously didn't know you and uh big props to michelle for inviting you on and and pressures on for this last question here <laughs> Will you ever run the Moab 240? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. Oh. It's timely. I want to say yes. I, I kind of want to say yes. Because, like, I kind of like you because you're freaking fast and you're crazy. And I just like that you're going for these, like, I didn't know you were running the death race solo until, like, I guess the night or morning the of, night you know? before, probably. Yeah, the night I was like, yeah, really? I didn't That's tell, awesome. I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, so I, I just think it's cool what you're doing because you're not just limiting yourself. Because, like, you know, you could go and crush 50Ks, 50 miles, whatever, but, like, you're, like, experimenting off kinds of like terrains and distances and i feel like you could do a 200 you know like you're smart and you're strong and fast and like your whole family is awesome like i love your family even your dad was like okay like your whole family is in it and like you you guys are like taking over canada this last (laughs) couple years with all faces yeah that's it when you said you um, needed a longer race to have that sense of adventure, I mm. can't relate more. In in the weirdest sense, mm. going to CCC and having it only be 100K was like, I feel like the true adventure in ultras, at least for me and my personal limitations and abilities and whatnot at this point, it's like after I cross the 100K mark is when the true adventure starts for me. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah those are the best memories so i was like crying out for more like i needed that sense of adventure (laughs) after that race and yeah you totally get it so i'm excited for you and just you know i I appreciate you taking all this time to just scratch the surface on your story and you're so young if as long as you're smart about this man you're just going to continue to see improvement and um yeah yeah i'm excited for you and uh, I don't want to give you a nickname, but you know your last name does rhyme with the Hulk, so um, just throwing it out there. But yeah, big big thank you to Michelle, and yeah, we'll let you close, Michelle, since this was your concept. Uh, well, I just want to thank Jaden for the inspiration and for just throwing it down, and like I just love seeing you every time in Canada. Like really, 
makes me happy to see you and your family and I know it's going to be a bright future and I hope you get out to the U.S. and make all your dreams come true and I'm just like so so stoked for you like huge huge congratulations yeah, on yeah. the death race well, thanks for thank you guys for having me on it was this has been a blast yeah huge congrats man and we'll we'll stay in touch I never just call someone randomly once and never never call them back again so we'll stay in touch and have you on again so thank awesome. you for taking all the time Thank you, guys. Attitude over altitude, right? And that's episode 59. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to Michelle Yates, Michelle Barton, and Jaden Dalk. Keep an eye on Jaden Dalk. He is a young gun. First time being interviewed and uh, has a huge future ahead of him. So thank you to you guys. And uh, thank you to the Patreon supporters again. Truly appreciate you guys. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. Sufferfest Beer Destination Trail and big thank you to Tommy Byrne and Bigger Than The Trail you guys are all awesome supporters thank you to you guys for listening hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and get ready we have some really cool interviews coming up I can hardly keep track of all the people we have lined up and I'm going to keep you apprised of Moab 240 this is going to be a serious life-changing type journey so thank you guys and don't forget to enjoy your training out there see you next week